This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 149. Five burdens you need not carry. At the end of his life, Sir Winston Churchill said, When I look back at all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he'd had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. Churchill was speaking about the burden of worries that never materialize. However, there are many types of burdens in life, and some of them are very real. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. A yoke is something Jesus would have made in a carpenter's shop. It's a wooden frame joining two animals, usually oxen, at the neck, enabling them to pull a plough or wagon together. The function of the yoke is to make the burden easier to carry. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this passage in the message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. From Psalm 68 Praise be to the Lord, to God our Saviour, who daily bears our burdens. First, the burden of anxiety. In his book, Affluenza, the psychologist Oliver James points out that almost a quarter of Britain suffers serious emotional distress, such as depression and anxiety, and another quarter are on the verge thereof. David praises God who daily bears our burdens. Burdens here may include many things. One of the burdens that God bears for us daily is the weight of worry, stress and anxiety. John Newton said, We can easily manage if we only take each day the burden appointed to us. But the load will be too heavy for us if we carry yesterday's burden over again today and then add the burden of the morrow before we are required to bear it. Each day you can commit to God your fears, worries and anxieties. It makes all the difference. He daily bears your burdens. Thank you, Lord, that today... I can come to you and bring to you all my burdens, worries and anxieties. New Testament from John 18 Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself. So they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, a cock began to crow. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you've done? Jesus said, My kingdom 
is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Oh, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him, give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Second, the burden of failure. The great Apostle Peter is asked, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. This is his second denial. Then a third time Peter is challenged and denies knowing Jesus. At that moment, a cock began to crow, just as Jesus had predicted. Peter realized, as most of us do from time to time, that he'd failed Jesus. A sense of failure can be a great burden. This passage is not the end of Peter's story. After his resurrection, Jesus met with Peter and reinstated him, forgiving him for this failure and commissioning him once more. With Jesus, failure is never final. Although Peter failed him, Jesus took the burden of his failure, forgave him, reinstated him and used him as powerfully as anyone in human history. Third, the burden of injustice. One of the many things that Jesus had to bear was a totally unjust trial. It's a basic principle of every fair system of justice that it's up to the prosecution to prove the case against the defendant. It's on them that the burden of proof lies. Therefore, every fair judicial system needs to overcome the basic prejudice that because a person is on trial, they must be guilty. When Pilate asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? They replied, if he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. In saying this, Jesus' accusers were unjustly attempting to reverse the burden of proof. Pilate also unjustly denied Jesus the right to silence. He said, what is it that you've done? He tried to get Jesus to condemn himself out of his mouth. Jesus says that he came into the world to testify to the truth. Pilate asks, what is truth? It is almost as if Pilate seems to be questioning, as our postmodern society does, whether there is such a thing as truth, that is absolute truth. However, Pilate is face to face with the truth himself, Jesus Christ, who endured an unjust trial and far worse, the unfair penalty of crucifixion and death for you and me. Fourth, the burden of sin. Despite this unjust trial, Pilate concludes, I find no basis for a charge against him. Jesus is completely innocent. Pilate wants to release him, but the crowd shout, No, not him! Give us Barabbas! Now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Jesus the innocent is condemned to crucifixion. Barabbas, the sinful, goes free. The symbolism is clear. On the cross, Jesus the innocent died so that we, the sinful, may go free. He bore this burden of our sin. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Saviour. Our God is a God who saves. From the Sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Old Testament 
from 1 Samuel 24 and 25. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfolds along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of, when he said to you, I'll give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterwards, David was conscience-stricken, for having cut off a corner of his robe, he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my lord. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man Nabal. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my lord will be bound securely to the bundle of the living by the Lord your God and the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him as ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. Fifth, the burden of guilt. Guilt is a horrible burden. A guest at one of our Alpha Small Groups described the physical feeling of guilt as being like a very bad case of indigestion. But guilt is more than just a physical feeling. It has even more serious emotional and spiritual consequences. God has given us all a moral sense, a conscience. Often we feel guilty because we've done something that we know is wrong. However, our consciences as fallen human beings are not perfect. Sometimes we experience false guilt. We feel guilty about things that are not actually our fault. We need our conscience to be educated by the word of God. At other times we don't feel guilty about things we should feel guilty about, in which case we need our conscience to be awakened by the Spirit of God. David was given an opportunity to rid himself of the person who was trying to kill him, Saul. Instead of taking that opportunity, David merely cut off a corner of Saul's robe in order to prove to him that he could have killed him had he wanted to. Nevertheless, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He felt guilty. David clearly had a very sensitive conscience and felt the burden of guilt for having done this to the Lord's anointed. Yet, he was able to declare to Saul, Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you. For a moment, it seems, Saul himself was conscience-stricken. He wept aloud. You are more righteous than I. You have treated me well and I have treated you badly. In the midst of his jealousy, Saul had the odd moment of sanity where he experienced true guilt. David avoided taking any further burden of guilt upon himself. 
He was about to avenge Nabal's ill-treatment of him and his men. Abigail came to the rescue with enormous skill and diplomacy. She brought gifts to David and said, Upon me alone let this guilt be. The Lord has prevented you from blood guiltiness. She went on to say, My master, David, will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. David realized that Abigail had rescued him from the burden of guilt. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Abigail's skill is one we all need to develop. It's good to speak with wisdom and diplomacy when advising others on how they might act so that they avoid doing things that will lead to guilt. David avoided taking judgment into his own hands. Then the Lord struck Nabal and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord, who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Eventually it all ends well with David marrying the newly widowed Abigail. Whether we have the feelings that accompany it or not, the burden of true guilt is real for all. Jesus died on the cross to take our guilt. Thank you, Lord, that you take my guilt, my fears, my worries and my anxieties and daily bear my burdens. Pepper adds, In 1 Samuel 25 verse 18, we see catering stress at its worst. Abigail and all her community would be killed if she didn't deliver the food in time. I'm so impressed by Abigail. She managed to rustle up 200 loaves, that's fast baking, wine, pressed figs, roasted grain, raisin cakes and five dressed sheep. She saved the day. My catering problems seem rather minor in comparison. <laughs>